Hey everyone, Grant Alexander here. I really wanted to be telling you guys all about the new co-host that we have for Clamp, but unfortunately, Adam caught COVID, and he actually got a really bad case of it, and he is down for the count, so he will not be able to record this week, and we didn't feel right to announce a new co-host without Adam on the podcast, so we're going to be having another episode of Clamp Classic. It's going to be the podcast like a pro with Vincent Ferrari. If you don't know who Vincent Ferrari is, well, you can also check him out on his podcast, Digitally Creative. Uh, The episode last week just happened to be me as a guest. So if you're looking for some new content that includes Grant Alexander, head on over to Digitally Creative to uh, listen to their latest episode. Until next time, cheers and have a great day. Hello and welcome to Clamp, the creating, living, and making podcast. I'm your host, the Grant Alexander, and joining me as always is Adam. G'day, mates. And we have a special guest host this week, handmade by Vincent Ferrari. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Was a guest handmade by Vincent Ferrari? Hmm. Good enough. I don't... I'll take it. Okay, I'll, I'll take the to, plug. <laughs> you want me to, to to restart, and we'll just start taking no. one more from the top. No. I'll just go no, by the name good. Handmade from I'm, now I'm on. I'm just wondering who I'm just wondering who Vincent Ferrari is and how he handmade a person. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> what have you been up to this week, Adam? <laughs> What's in your class? Uh, well, uh, as of. Well, I was going to say this morning, but this episode comes out in a few days. Uh, my last episode of the workbench came out. Oh, good. Um, oh, I missed it. Yeah, well, the videos have done pretty poorly, considering. Yeah. I mean, I knew they were probably going to, because, like, who wants to watch a three-part series on someone with 400 subscribers? Um, and then I'm halfway through this dog crate. Almost finished that. I, was, uh, I glued up a top. I pulled it out of the clamps yesterday, and it literally just fell apart. Oh, as, wow. it, as if I never even put glue. And I was like, what the hell? And I, I realized after that, I think the, I didn't check the, um, the water levels in the wood. And I think it might've just been a bit too moist. Mm. So I, uh, I added more glue and glued it all back up. It's a lot drier now. So give it Is a it, few days. Are you serious? It just fell right apart. Like, I don't think is your glue bad? No, glue's fine. It's type on three. It was just, I don't know. Weird. Wow. I don't know. Maybe I just didn't put enough glue because there wasn't really much in the seams, which is hmm. weird. But I put a hell of a lot of glue on and glued it back together. So, <laughs> did it drip so, after you put it on? Because if it—that's my rule of thumb. If it it's did not this dripping, time. There's not enough. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It didn't drip last time, but it definitely came out of the seams. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah. Um, wow. So yeah, that was fun. And then I'm about to start working on a chess piece. I went out and bought. Mm. I um, tried to use a multi tool with a diamond cutting blade to cut this marble, and it just like ate through the blade. So I went to um, I went to Bunnings and bought a pack of diamond grinding discs. So I'll be uh, seeing how that goes. I'm I'm actually going to try and shape the chess piece with a grinder and discs, yeah. which should be very interesting. That is very interesting. I've been thinking a lot about my chess piece. I have a pawn, so it's a. <laughs> You know, I got a basic. bishop. Bishop's pretty basic. Yeah, but at least with a bishop, you have a, like something you can do. You you, get there's a lot of different top. things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm well, thinking like, of I've, making it less round because more square. 
because then I don't have to make it as I don't have to shape it as much. So <laughs> <laughs> I love so cut, that, I love I love the corner cutting. I love it. <laughs> well, yeah. it could, being marble, I've never worked with marble before, and it's yeah. I, I, I was I really underestimated how hard marble is. Yeah. And so I have some soapstone that I got when I was in Labrador um, when I was like I don't know fourteen, um, and there and we visited like a soapstone carver. And he had like bits on the floor and he said, go ahead and take some, like, you know, you'll find, you'll find what's in the rock, right? You'll find what's <laughs> left in there. You know, that whole, like, I, I see what's yeah. in it. And I just, it, I just, it speaks to me, whatever bullshit, like Carver say. <laughs> um, and it never once spoke to me, but I was thinking about it. And I went, I think I could make a pond out of that. I think it's big enough. I have to like, in my mind, it's, it's a big rock because I was young. So I have to see what my mind, like, is it like, is it two inches? I don't know. Is it five inches? I don't mm. know. In my mind, it's way bigger because I was young the last time I looked at it. So I, I need to go find that. This time. I've, been sweating <laughs> mine. I've been sweating mine bad because I had this perfect material. I actually have a piece of it right here. And it's a really cool rainbow acrylic because of the charity. Mm. I thought this would, this is going to work great. This oh, is awesome. Yeah, that this is, is hell on the camera. It is <laughs> better back here, but yeah, it's it's really cool. Like it's really nice stuff. But the problem is that this is the printed side, and when you take the backing off, this is just clear acrylic. So basically, ah, what they yeah. do is they print on one side. So what I was hoping to do was to kind of stack a bunch of these and then shape it with a Dremel chucked into the drill. That's not going to work. So well, you could do like a. Um because you got a CNC, mm-hmm. you could, or you got a laser, do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you That's could design. Yeah, you could design like a piece that has like, say, you cut out four pieces and then with mm-hmm. slots and they like slot and together, like that way. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm actually going to do, I've kind of given up on this idea altogether, and what I'm going to actually do is I'm going to do polymer clay. I'm going to make a rainbow cane, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to harden. I'm going to bake that to harden it, and then I'm going to. St- chuck that into the drill, spin it, then put a hole through the middle and put a steel rod so it actually has some weight. I hmm. think it's going to work. I hope. What do what you got? You got a bishop as well? I got a pawn also. Oh, you got a pawn, yeah. Yeah, I'm one of the pawns. I went for the easy one because I'm like, I don't have a lathe, so I need to keep this really, really simple. <laughs> so I, went, I went for the easy one, but I didn't want to go a pawn. So. <laughs> yeah. Are you I'm regretting my choice. I kind of wish, wish I, 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 wish I went with a rook. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Or a knight. A knight would have been cool, too. I mean, if you I have think- a lathe, they're not that hard, right? But if you don't have a... I mean, I know Grant... I have, have two lathes. Oh, you don't have- both have lathes. <laughs> I don't have a lathe. You don't have a lathe? No. no. Oh, I thought you had a lathe. Well, okay. Then you're brave. <laughs> or insane. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just... I figured I could make a square. Fair. Like a middle... I could just send him a well, chunk of nice wood and just say it's a minimalistic pond. Like, <laughs> And that's the thing. <laughs> that's why September... There's no shape we have to follow. It's just true. make a chess piece. I want to try to go for as traditional as possible. I don't know how much I'm going to hold on to that as I get closer and closer. Like, if I start cracking stuff and it becomes a mess, I'll be like, this is Art Nouveau. Like, this is an <laughs> Art Nouveau pawn. <laughs> Great. So, for those who don't know, I'm going to just shout out to, to Emmett yeah. from Dead Rise uh, Woodcrafts. He's the one putting this together. Um, this uh, maker's chess set and the proceeds are going to go to charity. Um, and I think it's a really cool idea. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. For sure. Every every piece is made by a different maker. Yeah. In case you didn't pick up on that. And I think Emmett's making the board, right? I think he's getting someone to make the board. He's got someone to make it, yeah. Okay, yeah. I think (laughs) Emmett's going to pull in, like, everyone who doesn't put their stuff in, Emmett's going to make a piece. Yeah, okay. He dropped a hint. He dropped a hint to me that he would offer me the honor of making the board. And I'm like, I'm never making a checkerboard anything ever again. Like, not I made two checkerboard cutting boards, and that was more than enough for me. I yeah. will never do that again unless someone pays handsomely. So forget <laughs> give that. Them the, give them the go away price, and if they say yes, yeah. you'll do it. I know. That's the problem, right? Well, the problem is it's <laughs> one of those – like this is the kind of charity where I would go, oh, all right. I'll do it like, and I'll, gr- I'll do it. And it'll be like, I don't want to do this, but I also can't say no. <laughs> so. I think I want to make a chess board one day and I don't, I'm not good at chess. I was never good at it. I don't know why. I think I like, I can't stay focused long enough. It's too exact. To, it's very, no, I, to play chess, Oh, making a chess board. I think I could stay focused long enough in intermittent things to make the board, but I don't think I could play the game later. Is I, I can't yeah. like, I can see five steps ahead, but I can only see one route. And then I get bored. One of my dream builds is to make a Monopoly monopoly board. Nice. But everything out of wood. So I'm going to oh, wait wow. till I get a CNC. Um, and then have like the actual board be like a cashier, like a um, cash register. So you can like actually pop it out. and Yeah. Nice. Wow. That would be mm. fun. That's ambitious. And like dye all the wood so it's all the right colors and stuff. Like, yeah, a really insane project. I love this idea. Go for it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Once I get a CNC, I will be. All right. Oh, what have I been up to this week, you ask? Well, thanks for asking, (laughs) everyone. I've been, uh, if you can't guess, sanding. Um, Just like last week and the week before it. But I'm entering the final stages of the trailer restoration. It is going, um, bringing it over to my friend has graciously allowed me to uh, take uh, the trailer and paint it in his garage. He's got a giant garage. It's where we work on the race cars. And he's going to be at the racetrack this weekend. So it's going to be empty. So I'm going to be using that so that while it rains, I can actually do some painting. So my dad's coming up. We're going to be doing uh, this, this thing called roll and tip. It's what a lot of marine, uh, like the fiberglass boats do in marinas because they can't spray uh, because they're too close to the water and whatever. Um, So they do this technique called roll and tip. So you use a roller and then you go over it with a brush brush and you Mm. get the roller marks out of it. And apparently it's supposed to work really great with the paint I bought. Yeah. I have seen other people do it. I've seen the results that look glassier than I've ever sprayed. And I used to have a, I used to airbrush all the time. I'm excited. I don't know how it'll turn out, but I can guarantee one thing: it's going to look better than it does today. <laughs> That's you, all that matters. I'll tell you the the trick to get it to work is to have thin paint, though, because once yeah. you do the once you do the light brush, you want the paint to flow itself back into a smooth. So I, I have a um, we have a big picture frame on the wall downstairs with string going across that we can hang artwork on. And it is like, you know, when you can buy like high gloss furniture from like Ikea, it mm-hmm. looks like that. And I painted it myself and it was literally just 20 layers of really thin paint, wet sand in between every coat. And it's just high gloss. Yeah. Wow. So that's what this, this paint is made for roll and tip. So it's, they say to like thin it up to 10%. Yep. That's it. And that's, yeah. 
I think 10% is like nothing for thinning. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm excited. I, I'm going to obviously do some, some more sanding, if you couldn't believe it. <laughs> I'm also going to be mixing my own color, which, well, or, or I won't. We'll see. So they don't sell, like a lot of like paint, you would go and buy tintable, like a tintable base yeah. and get it paint. Well, this, because of the way they formulate this paint, they sell the colors and you got to mix it yourself if you want something custom. Yeah, right. Which is fine. They sell, you know, 10 different blues because it's water-based. I guess it's, every boat is blue. They don't sell orange. In saying that. make it. We'll need orange stuff. So yeah, in saying that, could you take it to like say Home Depot and get them to shake it? Like actually, just put the stuff in in front of them and just ask them to put it in the machine. Well, you can bring any can of paint to Home Depot and they'll shake it. Yeah, but is I it going to actually mix? Is the question? Oh, it'll mix. They totally okay. like they on the on the it's a oh, Interlux okay. bright side. They say that's how if you want a custom color, buy the paints and mix them yourself. It says right. it right on it. As long as you buy two bright side and bright side, okay, you can mix them. Okay, so that's hmm. what I bought. I bought yellow. I bought red. I'm gonna mix them together. I'm gonna try like one ounce at a time. It's gonna come out like brown. And yeah. if it comes out brown, I'll, <laughs> I'm going red, and then I'm gonna paint my canoe yellow because I've already bought the paint. Everything uh, comes out brown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time I've ever tried to mix paint, I mix blue and red, and I get brown. I mix blue yeah. and green, I get brown. I mix yellow and blue, I get brown. It's like, yep. So you got to know what you're doing with mixing paint, and it all comes down to like ratios, mm-hmm. right? And I think I've got it because I'm going to start with the red, and you only add a little bit of yellow until you get the right ratio, and I think I'll be able to do it. And if not, I'll have a fucking brown trailer. I don't care. It's still going to look better. It's still going to look better than it did, right? No one else is going to have my color. I can guarantee that. And the that's what I'm afraid can, of. The jokes you can make about having a turd trailer is just amazing. Like, Have you seen it? It looks – I, I honestly think it's pretty cool looking with the, with the red and white two-tone thing that's going on with it now. Right. Well, it's orange and white from the factory. Gotcha. But it was red the entire way. Someone painted it red the entire way, top and bottom. You know, but, you know. So the um, guy. So I was so gonna say just a, one a big sec. thing. Okay. The guy who designed it originally designed fiberglass septic tanks, <laughs> and, the, and the fiberglass septic tanks look exactly like the trailer, but with no windows. What a coincidence! No yeah, who saw that coming? <laughs> a, a big thing here in Australia is if you're going to like do up a car and paint it, is to prime the car and then drive it around for a year primed. <laughs> yes, yes, I like to do that too. I yes. grew up in Brooklyn. That's not just Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Primer and yeah. rattle cans, baby. That's what yeah. it's all about. <laughs> I actually yeah. think it looks cool, just like a primed car. It's a thing now. Like if you put black primer on a car, people would think you made a design choice. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. oh look, it's flat black. But that car looks amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and when it looked even better when I painted. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is something that I remember growing up. My dad did a bunch of body work on a car, and then we had like camouflaged, like primer, mm-hmm. um, and then we had that for a year, and then my brother wrote the car off, and then. Uh, we, he never had to paint it. It was good. If he had painted it, he would have. <laughs> the car would have been written off right away. So he got a year extra out of the car. I, and I, I know this. Go ahead. I've always had this idea of like 
taking a car, get it down to bare metal, and then just go to town with it with like hammers and stuff to make it all look like it's been rolled, and then paint it. That's so like it's like idea. perfect paint, but like rippled. Yeah. So, it's like so it, basically it just taking the Mad Max theme into real life. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, you are in Australia. It, it would be hell, it'd be hell to wet to do the wet sanding and everything though between coats. That's when Mate. you don't care about it. You just go for no, it. No, but that no, but that's the thing is that I w- I would want it to look like it's like a brand new car, but every panel is just rippled. The the first car that I remember my parents having when I was a kid was a 1969 Plymouth Sport Fury. It's a big car. It's a very big car, and. It was always this weird, sickly yellow color, like mm. just that real faded yellow. And I never understood the color choice. I'm like, why would you buy that car when, in that color, right? So when I got older, you know, we were talking about that car one day. And my father says, you know, my favorite thing about that car was that, that we painted it ourselves. And I went, I started going, <laughs> oh, that explains a lot. <laughs> and he's like, you're like, yeah, me and your grandfather, we just got a couple of cans of paint at the hardware store and we just went at it with rollers and brushes. Oh my God. <laughs> like, this is such a Brooklyn Italian thing. I'm so embarrassed. But, you know, if you didn't really look close at it, you couldn't tell. <laughs> so my dad painted his first car with our Filter Queen vacuum cleaner. What? what? It had an attachment that you, you put it on that. Yeah, you put it on the exit hole, and it had an attachment to paint. <laughs> yep. That's, That's right. actually so like a really good idea, though. <laughs> right. So I don't know who, what door-to-door vacuum cleaner salesman got my grandmother <laughs> to buy this vacuum cleaner that still works to this day, I am certain, 50 <laughs> fucking years later. Uh, is But it came with, like, boom, no problem. You could paint a car with your with your vacuum cleaner. I wish but everything now, was made like those old vacuums. I see them at the Goodwill all the time, and they still work. And like we're talking 1950s, like trolley type with the canister that you drag behind yes. you, and you just have a wand. They still work, and they work they, great. They it's look like, exactly like a shop vac. Yeah. yeah, and they work just as good. They, they'll, they're just they'll, as they'll pick up anything. <laughs> yeah. In saying that, though, companies are smart to make things made to fail because like well you sell a vacuum cleaner you never have to sell another one but everyone that buys one will buy everyone that knows you have that reputation will buy one that's really the thing right like if i know if i'm going to buy this vacuum it's going to be the last one I ever buy i'm going to buy that vacuum uh, even if yeah. it's more expensive you know now they're just expensive because they have the dyson name on them which is just they're just not uh, good vacuums they're we not have much. a dyson stick vac downstairs and it is crap they're terrible. AVE yeah. tore one apart once. It was the greatest thing ever. If you're not watching AVE's channel, he's just a pisser. But he tore one apart, and he's like, I've never seen so much plastic in my life. Like, it was just yeah. horrific. Like, the whole internal, the the the, the intake, all the, all the internals, everything, just plastic, and then covered with, like, hot glue to insulate everything. It's disgusting. So, so Mr. Ryobi, do you have the Ryobi stick back? I don't. But only because it's just too expensive to justify buying it. It's yeah, see, $180, and I just don't want to spend here. And I've <laughs> thought about buying it, but I just I need to know that it's good. If, if someone tells me that it's better than a Dyson, which 
to be honest, is I can't not hard imagine to beat. it wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I'd probably buy one. But I have yeah. the little one, the handheld, like the dust. Oh, I've got the, yeah, I've got that dustbuster one, and that thing is amazing. Like that yeah. thing, it's got a lot of like I've actually picked stuff up like on sheet goods that were loose on my table, mm-hmm. and I tried to vacuum some sawdust off, and I ended up picking the whole thing up with it with a yeah. handheld vac, and the thing is strong. Yeah. Have, have you got the Ryobi shop vac? No, my shop vac yeah. is a rigid, the biggest rigid that they made at the time, which was the dumbest thing I ever did because I have a dust cyclone hooked up to it. It's empty. I bought this gigantic shop vac that never has anything <laughs> in it and a five-gallon bucket that I have to empty every two weeks. It's yeah. ridiculous. I, I've got I've got the Ryobi shop vac, and it, it comes with like a bag and everything that you're supposed to put in it. I have never no, done never that. It's, it, it literally just sits in the top with the filter, and I've had it going for like five years now and never had an issue. <laughs> yeah. The f- I, I always had a problem. The reason I got the dust cyclone when I got this shop vac was because I al- the filters, if you're using a straight shop vac for sawdust, that's just asking for trouble. Like it's just, that's what you I will fill that filter in a second. And if you don't put the filter on, that vacuum will last one second. Like yeah, sawdust right. is brutal on vacuums, but. Well, and if you're using a planer, you're. Don't hook a vacuum up to a planer, by the way. Ever. No. You're not supposed to do that. I hate when I see people do that. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to use a bag or a passive kind of dust collection system because the ejection port on the on the planer is actually stronger than your vacuum. So what will happen is you're going to create some weird turbulence, and all that's going to happen is all that dust is going to back up into the planer. Just a that's bag. exactly what happened to <laughs> when I loaned my planer to my friend, and he hooked it up. Because yeah. I have the stupid rigid one that shoots. If you don't hook it up to something, it shoots things f- like to the moon. I have a right? So he hooked up. Of, he hooked up his thing, but his shop vac had like his shop vac is a two inch. It has a two inch connector. It slid right on. So mm-hmm. he hooked it up, and it fucking it. I don't know what happened, but now it doesn't clear the dust as well as it used to. It never I, will. I just took my dust cover off, so the blades just spitting. You can literally see the blade spinning and the, sh- and the chips just machine. fly out. Yep, that's all it does. And then I just sleep it up when I'm done. For that, because I'm not going to, I don't get I'm not going to connect a shop back up to it. And if you don't, it's just going to all build up in there because the port's yeah. so small, especially the Ryobi ones, like a normal shop back port. It's like tiny. So I have well, the I have the the Dewalt the 735X, the one that everybody in the Discord bought all at once when it went on sale this time. And I don't remember where I heard it, but I heard it on a YouTube video. They explained why you don't hook the shop back up. And ever since then, I've been very much aware. So when I first got it, I was like, well, I don't have anything. And I didn't know what I was doing. So I just turned the dust port down the driveway, went into my driveway, and started planing two by fours. Yeah. I have a 25-foot driveway, and I was hitting the street with with chips from (laughs) my garage. Like it was just ridiculous. The the amount of force that that thing puts out, that's why you never ever put a vacuum on. You just, your vacuum can't keep up with the force. Um, When you open it up, you can actually see like on the 735, there's like a full on prop in there. It's pretty impressive the way it works. Like it looks like a motor and yeah, you don't want to screw with that. You definitely don't want to screw with that. No, or else it won't eject the chips as well as it used to. Yeah. Because he filled up his vacuum, filled the entire tube, and it went in, and then it just... Mm. It probably damaged the prop. It probably damaged yeah. the prop, which is why it doesn't have the force it used to. 
right? So, yeah. anyways, don't lend your friends tools if they don't. That's know probably the best solution. <laughs> they can but use them in is, your house with you. <laughs> but you know what? He's letting me use his, my, his garage to paint my boulder. So, mm. we'll we'll bring that all around. Trust me, yeah, it's worth it. Coming around. Uh, worth yeah, on that, are you painting the frame? Uh, the frame is hot dip galvanized. So that's a no. Okay. No. Why? I was just wondering. Oh, no, it came yeah. hot dip galvanized. Yeah. So I do not need to paint it. They dipped it into a giant vat of zinc. So the leveling, uh, I'm going to call them feet, even though they're not. Are you yes. leaving them blue? So you're going to have like an orange trailer with blue things hanging out the bottom? Yeah, so I wanted black ones, but the black ones were $100, and the blue ones went on sale for $50. And so yep. I bought the blue ones. Okay. So is the blue ones Canadian are by a couple. It's a it's <laughs> Princess Otto. Which, I was uh, say, it's either is Canadian a, tie or a princess, one or the other. Yeah. So Princess Otto has the – it's funny. If I went to Canadian tie, it would be black or red and whatever. The, actually, they also have blue shit. I don't know. I don't know what it is. They probably make it all in the same factory and powder coat it all together. You should have got baby ones. Okay. Vincent, what have you been up to this week? <laughs> well, aside from finally getting the shop emptied out and all the projects, I feel like all I've done this week is podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so on Monday night, obviously, we record Because We Make, which you can find at becausewemake.com. Um, What's so we- that? What's that? <laughs> is that available on Anchor? That well? would be available on Anchor. Oh, okay. Just um, checking. And, so. and pretty much everywhere else. I'm kind of proud of that, actually. Not that it's a big deal anymore. but um, And then last night, I recorded another podcast that's going to drop in a couple of weeks. And now tonight, I'm recording with you guys. So I feel like pretty much this is the week of podcasting. And I'm loving every minute of it because I get to just – I get to do my thing. But then I let you guys do your thing. And I just get to sit here and have a conversation. For those that are wondering, because we didn't bring it up, is Morley had something he had to go to at the last minute, um, and Vincent kindly jumped in to Morley's place in like the last five minutes before we were due to record. So this absolutely wrecks my Monday morning routine, though. I just want you yeah. to know, because the first thing I do Monday morning is I download Clamp and move it to the top of my podcast queue so I can listen to you guys first every Monday morning. <laughs> so now I don't want to hear myself. So it's like. A, like I guess I won't well, be listening on Monday morning. <laughs> You'll have to wait and see where Adam edits some fun stuff <laughs> oh, no. just to see what you actually That's true. said. Like chicken <laughs> sounds. There's going to be random chicken sounds every time I talk. I, like in I'm, the just gonna, I'm, I'm just going to take Vincent's audio and just completely change his voice. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be absolutely awesome. And I love that with Zencaster, you get separate tracks, so you can do yes. that very easily. Yes. Yep. So what we were going to, what we thought about talking about this week, because the last time uh, Vincent was on, if those haven't joined us later and didn't listen to, I think it was episode seven or eight. It was, uh, I think it was seven, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vincent was already on, and he talked about the L in Clamp, which was living and what we do for a living. So for today, we thought we'd pick a different letter for Vincent to talk about, and we wanted to talk about the P in Clamp. Which, if those don't know, it's podcast. And Vincent has been doing podcasts since you had to download them to your uh, iPod. Um, <laughs> and you couldn't actually just stream them anywhere you wanted. And, uh, yeah. yeah, we thought that was a good uh, – he could have a little history lesson on 
podcasting and how awesome uh, it, it has become and how ubiquitous and any tips and tricks you can share. Um, and then also we could talk uh, Adam and I about things we've learned uh, since starting this uh, endeavor. Uh, just quickly before we move on, this is episode 59. And Vincent oh, wow. was on episode seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. 50, was a year 52 ago. weeks ago. That's one year ago. That's crazy. That's that crazy. is crazy. Completely by accident. Yeah. Nice or work. Was it Kismet? Mm. Or maybe I just assassinated Morley and he's never coming back. And now <laughs> I'm the new third Mike. That's how it works on this show, right? You get rid of the old guy and you just take over his spot. <laughs> you know, you you probably bring some more people in. Some, and, well, I don't know. Not, I don't you, know, yeah, man. Can you, can you take over the Instagram for me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's actually that's actually an interesting place to start because the first thing I I've learned in recent years that is new to me because. I, so the first podcast that I started on was in 2006. Um, my friend invited me on because I was going through this thing. And for those of you who don't know my history, I'm not going to bore everyone by telling it. Just go, just Google Vincent Ferrari AOL. I promise <laughs> you it's hmm. hours and hours of entertainment. There's really articles. There were three books where I'm at least one chapter in it. And for a brief moment, and it's one of my shining accomplishments, I had my own Wikipedia page and it was oh, pretty wow. cool, but they ended up merging gone? me into the AOL one. Yeah. Cause oh. I'm not significant enough, which is fine. <laughs> Wikipedia doesn't think I'm significant enough. So I'm in the AOL. If you go to the AOL Wikipedia page and you do like find on page, you can find my name in there. You can read the story there too. But anyway, my friend invited me on his show in 2006 and to his credit, he was way ahead of the curve, like 2006, very early for podcasts. And mm-hmm. he, he had me on. I fell in love with it. I became his regular co-host. We ended up doing something like 185 episodes of that podcast. And we were doing them every week. We did it for, so was that six years? Like it was, we did a lot of episodes of that show. And it was, it was fun. Like I really wow. liked doing it. Um, but it, you know, I got burnt out on it. But anyway, now you know my history with podcasting. So I've been doing this a long time. But one of the things that's different now is, you know, you mentioned Instagram. You have to be everywhere with your podcast. You have to be everywhere yeah. to promote it. You kind of have to be your own marketing department and you have to engage the community with your marketing. And we weren't doing that very well. I'm not going to even lie. Because We Make was not doing that well enough, but it's because everything was taking so much time. But as we've gone on, we've started to integrate the Instagram. We didn't even have an Instagram account. You've only recently got your Instagram account. Yeah. Because you used to just promote on your own story. Correct. Ethan and I were, Ethan and I were just promoting on our own account, but now we have a, we have a show account and that's, that's been a bit of a boost for us. You know, people tag the show all the time now and it's Mm kind of nice for them to be able to just tag the show. In fact, one of the reasons I got it was because um, Tiff from Night Carver Designs actually mentioned it once. She's like, y'all don't have your own page for the podcast. It's like, all right, fine. Well, well, I'll get that working. <laughs> I'll get that working. Because it was how like, come, I think, how come we took Tiff? Because I mentioned it like five times. Because she was the much. last. She was only the last one. Okay. But it was just like at some point, it's like okay, if everyone's saying we need a page for this, then we need a page for this. So eventually, we just got around to making one, which means I made one. Um, but I learned, I learned the importance of having the brand have its own identity, not just be something that, you know, Ethan and I were doing. And that's something that 
I think you guys got right, right off the bat. You had your own page for the show very quickly. And to your credit, I just followed along with what you guys were doing. Cause I liked, I liked how it worked out for you. Oh, thank um, you. It makes a big. It makes a big difference. It makes it makes the community feel like this is something that you care about rather than something that's just there in the background. Well, so for me, what I found is like Fools of Tools has a great Facebook community, mm-hmm. and I went. I, we need to have a Facebook because I see this great community that's developed around this podcast, and I think about it and go, well. I want to have that. Facebook has not worked out. We have two followers, I think, on Facebook. Mm. But Instagram, we, we got okay. Instagram seems to be one that I think I understand a little bit better. But it's a, it's exactly what you're saying. You got to be everywhere, and then you got to see what works for mm-hmm. your podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think ten, five years ago, two years ago even, Facebook might have been able to grow. Now Facebook seems to be like it's a pay to play. But everything – and that's, that's, I'm, I'm ta- that's a big problem. Like – Everything is pay to play. It is like no matter how good your audience is, no matter how engaged your audience is. And, you know, if you're a podcaster that's not buying ads for your stuff or boosting your post, it's really, really hard to get noticed. Like Mm. I was I was doing experiments with Handmade by Vincent Ferrari and I was running I was running Facebook ads. I would run I would spend about one hundred and fifty dollars a month just to boost posts and. I got the page up to 750 people. Um, and I was like, wow, this is, this is working. Like I can do this. Let me see what the momentum looks like when I stop boosting posts. Mm-hmm. I'm at 770 something. I haven't boosted a, boosted a post in two years. And it just, it really r- kind of drove home that once you've boosted posts, you're done. You're done. If you don't keep them, there, you're you're never going to grow. Now you may still get engagement. We I still get plenty of engagement on that Facebook page, but then the because we make page, which I've never really promoted, I created so the Instagram account could have a business account. No, nobody goes there. I think everybody yeah. that has an Instagram business account, you I know you have to have one. I think it's like a stub page where people just, you know, it's part of the process. You have to have a Facebook business page. Okay, yeah. fine, I'll make one. <laughs> never going to use it, but I'll make one. It's, I love podcasting. I also love how simple it's become to really get one going because you used to have to, you used to have to build a website of some kind, you know, you could do varying degrees of a website, but you had to build some kind of website with a plugin of some kind that could conform your RSS feed, which is the feed that podcasting clients grab and upload it, tag it a certain way so that podcatchers could grab your now you don't even have to think about that. Now you just mm. start with something like my, my what's going to be in my clamp is actually anchor, which I'm, I know I'm giving a tease, but you just put your file up there and it's done. It goes out to everyone and it goes everywhere. Right. So yeah, I, I was, use, I had oh, my hand up. Ahead. Thank you. Go ahead. I, I was actually quite amazed. Like when, so when I set up this podcast, we, so we were Buzzsprout mm-hmm. and you pay, we pay a monthly fee a hosting fee. And I was actually amazed on how easy it was to get our podcast onto all the platforms. Mm-hmm. You just like, you go to iTunes, but you have to have an iTunes account, which I don't have because I'm not with Apple, but luckily mm-hmm. I have a work. My work um, has an Apple account for me. So I Good use enough. that. Um, and yeah, so it was just so easy to just go in and go, all right, I want to add it to this website, this website, this website, and then it will link you to the website. You've got to do a few things or whatever, but it was just so easy to like mm-hmm. add everything in. And I could not imagine without having a host of how hard that would be. 
Yeah, there's there's three main hosts now that if you want everything done for you, you can use. It's Podbean, Buzzsprout, and Anchor. Those are the three that, you know, they're the biggest that I know of. I'm sure there are others, but those are the three. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're on one of those, everything's taken care of for you yeah. on their end. All the all the intricacies, all the idiocies that you have to deal with are taking care of getting you into the directory, helping you categorize your show, normalizing your feed. Every single every single directory requires different things out of your feed. They have yeah. to be tagged differently. There are different tagging requirements. Some require metadata that others don't. Mm, um, if right. you're putting your stuff on Stitcher, the, the feed requirement is completely different from what it is for a regular podcast because they stream everything. All yeah. these things come into play. Anchor, Podbean, Buzzsprout, they take care of all that for you. Plus, they give you analytics, which is something that you used to have mm. to use a service like PodTrack for. And you could still use PodTrack, but in reality, you don't really need it because the only stat that matters is downloads because everything else is not trackable except on a site like Stitcher that streams. So, Yeah. Right. The, the only thing I wish is that these, yeah. these hosts would do reviews as well. So... That's a good one because I've actually tried a couple of different services and so I've actually, yeah, they, they get most of your reviews, but they don't catch all the services that allow mm-hmm. reviews. Um, yep. I use right now I'm using my, I think I'm using my podcast reviews and charter because they both catch or is it charter? I can I charge charter. I, I was using Chartable, that's it, Chartable. and we missed so many that I just canceled it. There, well, I've been. I I did start with the paid service with them, and I do mm. find that they are a little more um, on top of it when you pay for it, um, which is why I pay. I think it's like five bucks a month for the pro account, you know, because you know mm. by pro they mean oh yeah, when you get a review, we'll actually tell you. That's what pro means. <laughs> but you know, those are the kind of things. Like it's it's nice to have those and and get those notifications, and that's something that I've kind of gotten really really addicted to. Like I love getting those emails. Like, hey, you got a new review? Cool. What is it? Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> so I found Chartable was better. Chartable's free, mm-hmm. and it's like a podcast for those that don't know. It's a podcast like charting database for lack mm-hmm. of a better word but it also t- tells you about your your reviews from itunes and only chartable only does itunes their charts are only from itunes everything is itunes related which is fine they do some great stuff there we were getting the reviews from chartable before we got them from our paid service so that's why adam canceled it because we were like why are we paying for something that this company's giving us for free right. and faster <laughs> <laughs> They're that what I do like about what I do like about Chartable as opposed to the others is Chartable actually aggregates the Apple um yes the Apple um charts from around the world. Um yes. Yeah. And I know there's probably people listening right now going, I don't care about Apple, I'm an Android person. No, you do. Trust me, you do. Because even the Android clients, with very, very few exceptions, the directory is Apple's directory. So uh, whether you care about them or not, they're using Apple's information and Apple is tracking everything that's pulled in through their directory. So like when I look at our charts right now, like I'm looking, it's the numbers are always fun too. Like we're the number 40 visual arts podcast in Finland. Like right. who in Finland is listening to this? Po- I have yeah. no idea who listens. That's to what this I was just looking. We're, we're number one in Belgium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you see that's that was gonna be part of our marketing. Like we were gonna do merch that said like we're huge in Belgium, you know, because at one point we were the number one visual arts podcast 
in Belgium. <laughs> it's like, it's fun to right. see, but there is some actual information. Like you can see your rank history and your yeah. ups and downs. Like if you're, if you're trending up or trending down in a specific area, um, can you do much about it? Probably not because realistically you do an episode a week. There's only so much you can change that's going to impact your charting, but it is nice to see what direction you're moving in. And when all those arrows are green, it feels kind of nice. <laughs> Well, I can say one thing about Chartable is that I tried to, like, I tried to see if I could influence it. Mm-hmm. So we were rising in the charts in Canada, mm. right? And we peaked, apparently, just looking at it, um, just looking at the thing. Uh, we peaked, it, apparently, we've recently peaked higher than we did before. I can't go back far enough because I don't pay for it. But we were peaking at, like, I don't know, like in the top 25. And so I went, I want to like, see if we can get even higher and get like in Canada. So I emailed every one of my friends and I said, download every episode, right? I don't care if you listen to them. Mm-hmm. I don't care anything. Go on iTunes, leave us a review, download all the episodes. I got like, I don't know. I got like 20 people to download it. We did, We kept falling down. So I don't know if they somehow knew that I was like, trying to game the system, but we kept falling. And I went, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know how they base it on. There must be something more than just downloads. It's, it's, it's a, so there's a couple of things that they, that I know they factor it on that they've always factored it on. And then there's a couple of things that, you know, obviously get added into that. But one of the things that people don't account for, it's not just downloads, it's velocity. So if you hit a thousand downloads on day one and then zero the rest of the week, they weigh that differently than if you hit a thousand downloads at 200 a piece over the course of five days. Um, Ah. They do look at velocity. They always have. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that's to prevent someone from popping, getting on the list and then sitting there until something else pops. I think they're using that Mm. to smooth out the list. So velocity has always been a factor in their, in their numbers. It's one of those, they, they obviously look at downloads they also look at the downloads of similar podcasts. So their algorithm mm. says, you know, Clamp and Because We Make are in the same space. How are they all doing? Okay, if they're all doing piss poor, yeah. then we're not going to bump around the ratings too much. We're going to keep the ratings where they are because nobody's doing particularly well. If somebody starts breaking out in the group, then they're going to move up the charts. If they break out really fast, they're going to slow that move up the chart a little bit. It's not a true number. Even though, like, I look at a number and I see number forty-three Norway, a visual went really well in Scandinavia. Now that I think about it, but um, <laughs> you know, forty-three in visual arts feels good, right? It's it's kind of a nice, and it's a green arrow, which means we moved up a lot, and it's mm. nice. It's nice to see, but it's hard to kind of suss out what they're doing. They just a couple of factors: your download numbers, your relative performance, and the velocity that you get there. Um, they tend to want to smooth the chart more than let the spikes dictate it because they don't want to flash in the pan to be at the top of the charts. That's pretty much how they do it. Um, yeah. And whatever yeah. other secret sauce they add in because it's a black box. I agree. It's a black box, and I think it's one of those things. It only matters if someone goes and clicks on, like, I'm looking for a new hobbies podcast <laughs> or a visual arts podcast, and they yeah. click through that, like, like, cause I've looked, I've found us. I, one day I found us ahead of, uh, making it mm-hmm. because of the, the charts change so much. Like they change like twice a day. So they're one of those things that I thought, I think they're like fun to look at and like, go, ha I'm beating them. <laughs> right. And then later go, and now they're back at the top, right? Like, 
Zelda One like the, release schedule matters more than anything totally. else. And, and that's by the way, I was going to mention that that's something that you know whatever you end up doing if you're if you're thinking about starting a podcast, this is the most important thing, and I mean the most important thing. Get a release date and stick to it. Whatever it is, whatever it is, if it's every two weeks on Wednesday, then it's every two weeks on Wednesday and don't deviate ever. Apple, <laughs> Apple looks at that. And I, I, I found this out kind of indirectly, but um, I use the app overcast and overcast uses data from Apple's API to tell you where your how, when your podcast publishes. So if you look at a podcast on overcast, it'll say publishes every Wednesday morning. If you're because we make, because mm-hmm. since the beginning we have published on Wednesday morning, every single Wednesday. What ends up happening is if you break that, Apple forgets about you. Like they literally forget about you. So if you don't drop an episode on Wednesday, they think you're not publishing that week. And if you publish Thursday, well, now they don't know what day you publish. And then if next week you go and post on a Tuesday, now you've completely thrown the algorithm off. The algorithm is expecting you to be there. That's the sign that your podcast is still active. And if you're not doing that, it's really going to screw with your numbers. Now, that's not to say... Release If you're going to release five days a week or whatever, do what you're going to do. I'm just telling you that if you're going to look at the numbers, they're going to be crap if you're not consistent. Whatever it is, do it the same all the time. Always be consistent. What if you just completely miss a week? That's okay. See, that's weird because if you completely miss a day and then return to your normal day the week after, you might tank for a week, but you'll be back to normal. You'll jump right back into the charts where you were. If you – we went – from the time Ethan started, the next episode we had Sharon um, Figments made on, and then we took a six-week hiatus right after that, and we walked right back onto the charts when we started again. Like, right. it, And that's six weeks away because we went back on a Wednesday, the same as we always were. It was the same day. And really, I have a feeling, and I can't prove this, but I think time matters too. I think you almost have, you almost establish a reputation with Apple – and that reputation determines where you are on the charts. If you are publishing at the same day on the on the same day at the same time, I do think that gives you a little bit of help because there are people who are just not very diligent about it. Even but people that publish on the same day, sometimes they publish all over the day. It's like that doesn't work. Schedule it. Schedule your uploads. Yeah. And I'll put this out there. That's if you want to maximize. Correct. We're talking about trying to maximize. Correct. We're not trying to talk yes. about like have fun. If you want to put out a podcast, have fun. If y'all just want to chill with your boys. And, yeah, yeah. If you just want to chill with your boys and have a conversation, then none of this matters to you. <laughs> it's right. not relevant to any of that. But if you want to try to eke out a little more noticing, like one of the things I like is one of the podcasts that we're always listed next to is the Modern Maker podcast. In every directory where you search for us. It says viewers always viewers also watch or listeners also listen to um, Modern Maker. Like for some reason, we are associated with Modern Maker. I am perfectly fine with that association because on services where you listen through the directory, they're going to suggest us after Modern Maker, and I'm perfectly fine with that. I am perfectly yeah, fine with that. I'd like that too. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's a good spot to be in. Also. Your category is very important. So right now we're listed in visual arts. We started in visual arts because Apple's categories suck. They're terrible. They don't matter. They don't mean anything. Unfortunately, though, 
if you pick the wrong category, you'll get punished. So we stayed, we started in visual arts and I'm like, this isn't really our category. But then I looked, I was like, maybe we fit better into hobbies. And I put us into hobbies for about three months and our, our rankings just tanked. Like, I don't know if it's because of the amount of podcasts in the category or if it was because we just weren't doing well compared to others in that category. So I moved us back to visual arts and now we're, our rankings are back where they were supposed to be. And I'm perfectly fine with yeah. that. I was wondering about that, that I saw you guys in visual arts and I went, that's an interesting location for you. Cause I, I feel like your hobbies. I, I feel yeah. like, and I think it's one of those things that it's exactly like po- you post on the same day, mm-hmm. you post in the same category for a year. Now you've switched it, and Apple yep. said, "Go screw yourself." Right? Basically, like- <laughs> Apple has a lot of power in this space. It's 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 almost uncomfortable how much power they have in the space. But right. you don't get to change that. You only get to work with it. That's that's so- kind of what you, it's, it's the same with everything else, right? You don't you don't decide the game. It's just that's the game. So right, that's it. So one thing I want to talk about, because we're, I feel like this is going to be a long episode because there's lots of things to unpack. But one thing I want to talk about to make sure is the first episode and why it's important. Mm. And I want to mention our first episode. If you haven't listened to it, that's okay. Don't go. Don't. <laughs> don't download it. It was horrible. <laughs> the, the, it was echoey garbage. I was recording from my laptop microphone. Yeah. I, I was recording with a microphone. headset. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't even. I was not even wearing headphones. Actually, I'm pretty sure I connected my lav mic to my phone to record. Right. <laughs> wow. Well, all yeah. I know is that I sound like I tried to listen to it. I couldn't. Um, it's I hate echo. Echo is like my least favorite thing. When I'm on a phone call with someone, there's echo. Ooh, I the can't call speak. <laughs> Oops. Right. Right. Which at work when you're at work, it's much harder to do that. Just oh the call dropped. I'm sorry that you're anyway. Uh, all I'll say is make sure the first episode matters because people go and download that one all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and and if t- I can go back in time, I delete that episode. Even though like good like if the information was good, but Nobody downloads the second episode because of it. <laughs> and that's that's really that's really it, right? I think I think you just hit it on the head. Like if your first episode is trash, you know, people aren't gonna go, they'll get better. They're gonna go, I'm not bothering with this. Like right. I put a lot of effort into not so much the podcast, because I always joke that I had the idea on like Monday and on Wednesday I dropped episode zero. Like I didn't I had the idea for the show on Monday and had episode zero in the feed on Wednesday because I needed to get episode something into the feed to get the feed onto iTunes, which by the way, that's a, that's a secret tip right there, by the way, get your episode zero out. If it's short, even if it's just a, a stub episode, just to say, Hey, welcome to the episode. Welcome to this next week. We're going to start. And Apple doesn't like that, but they also don't penalize you for it anymore. Everyone does it. They can't penalize everybody. That's pretty much the rule of thumb. They can't like area 51. They can't catch us all, but it's, (laughs) It's really, 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 really important to not sit there with your laptop microphone and your your speakers booming your voice back at you. It's really super important. I can't emphasize enough. Spend a few extra minutes, process your audio, make it sound good because that creates authority. And when you sound good, it sounds like you know what you're doing. If you don't sound good, it 
it doesn't sound like you know what you're doing. Even if you're the smartest guy in the room, bad audio is going to kill you. It kills you in video. It destroys a podcast. If I, if you're unlistenable, that's of, it. It's over. Of course. I, I just renamed our episode one. I added, oh, in no. bracket, I added in brackets afterwards. Our beta episode, we get better, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a bad idea. That's actually not a bad idea. You know, that's why people do it. I mean, people do episode zeros now because Apple won't let you add your podcast to iTunes until there's an episode in the feed. So Mm -hmm. people do episode zeros. You're not supposed to do an episode zero. But what I did was I made episode zero sound just like the show was going to sound. I had the intro music nailed. Mm -hmm. I had somewhat of an intro. I had a seven minute me talking and I shut it down. That was episode zero. Did it? Yeah, and it was a trailer that actually sounded good. So yeah. when somebody heard that, they're like, oh, this might be something to check out next week when episode one drops. Right. So a lot of when I started looking into what should you do with a podcast was like episode 10, which is like way too late to look into what should you do. <laughs> uh, it was a lot of like record a couple of episodes, have them ready. Yeah. and And the reason for that is – don't be afraid to throw one out if it sounds like shit. Hmm. Okay. Right? Like if you if you record an episode, it sounds like shit. You don't know what you're doing. Your microphone's just like you know clapping out or whatever, like peeking out. Throw it out. It depends on the format of your show, though, right? Like so, somebody like like an interview show, like because we make is primarily now an interview show, which I didn't really want it to be that. I kind of wanted to intersperse episodes with and without interviews. It's basically become an interview show. I'm fine with mm-hmm. that. We can book interviews out. Um, when I first started, it was only an interview show, and I had no intention of really it being anything else after the first couple. So I was blank, like one. I was telling the story yesterday. On the first week of the podcast or the second week, I banked like I was recording five nights. I banked a whole bunch of episodes. What ends up happening, though, that becomes a slog. And what you end up doing is you kind of forget about the podcast on the weeks you're not recording because no one's going to keep that lead. They're going to use that lead to take a week off and then go back to it or take two weeks off. Or if you have four weeks, sometimes you take three and then go, oh crap, I have to record some episodes (laughs) and you cram a bunch in and then they're all garbage because you're cramming them in to get them in. So, you know, or, or something major happens in the world. Right. And now you're a month Later, you know, you're releasing something you, re- you put a month out and you're like, and the pandemic has shut down the world and we're not talking about it. Yeah. And, and it and just feels weird. You know, mm. even even if you're not a current events podcast, the world around you is important. You know, like right. we've talked on your, you guys talk about it on here. I've talked about it on Because We Make. You know, we don't talk about politics, news, any of that mm. stuff. But to discuss our space and not talk about the pandemic and how it affects people like us that do what we do. Like we would be lax in our duties. Like I try to keep the content as evergreen as possible, which if that's the format you're going with, I would highly recommend leaning into it and make it as evergreen as possible so that, you know, somebody can go back and listen to your back catalog and it's still relevant. Otherwise Mm -hmm. no one's going to listen to your old episodes. You're you'll have a good curve up, but you're never going to get the long tail. The long tail is very important in podcasting. But yeah, if we weren't talking about COVID, people are going to be like, who are these people? Like, <laughs> oh, you're going to Workbench Con. Oh, that's great. You know, oh, yeah, because we recorded that episode 90 months ago. You know, it's like, okay. Well, and also, this podcast like ours is we talk about what we're doing each week as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's kind yeah, of. How would you to- do that in, in, in <laughs> exactly? Bulk, in, that's a good yeah. point, actually. 
What's in your clamp? Well, um, I'm going to predict what's going to be in my clamp so that when I record, <laughs> you this say all these things, drops. and then like your schedule completely changes, and you do none of it. I was replacing my fusion generator in my kitchen. Um, well, this episode's <laughs> coming out in 25 years, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah. my fusion generator <laughs> went. So I, I had to replace that. It was a real pain in the butt. I'm still sanding it. Tiff and Nicole recorded a lot of episodes ahead of time. And for mm-hmm. a bit where they were recording, like releasing one a week, and then they started releasing two a week because they realized that their what they were talking about was stale. Yeah. They were talking about Christmas after Christmas. And stuff they were talking about stuff. Valentine's Day yes. after Valentine's yeah. Day, right? And yeah. it's like, oh, I'm really ramping up to Valentine's Day. And it's like, <laughs> what? It's like, it's March, right? Like, nobody cares about February anymore, You're listening right? to it in the pool with the tropical drink going, yeah, this winter's brutal. <laughs> right. So this is where they started releasing a bunch in, uh, they were yeah. doing two a week. But, uh, yeah. It's hard. You know, Keith Decent was one of the big influences early on because he said something that really – caught my attention you know when he was on we talked about you know how i was doing afterwards and he's like well i can't believe you kind of got this thing rolling pretty quickly i was like yeah i got a really good lead i have like six weeks worth of interviews lined up and the first thing he said when i said that was don't lose that lead that's what he said to me he goes don't lose that lead and i'm like well what difference does it make i'll just do episodes He's like, no, don't lose that lead. And he was right, because as soon as I lost that lead, I never got that lead back again. And thank God, I just said, screw it. I got a co-host. Which, by the way, that's another thing. Get a co-host. I don't care how good you Mm -hmm. think you are by yourself. You're probably better with at least one co-host. You know, in the case of these gentlemen, two co-hosts, you know. I think when it comes to an interview, Mm -hmm. two, two on one is good. Like... Yeah, three on one becomes hard, sometimes problematic. Mm-hmm. Like we all want to put our little point into whatever your guy. What like you, you? We all have a great point to make. Yep. And three people to make a great point makes a bad interview. It's right? hard enough with two. Like yeah. there are times where I'm like I'm I'm like in a, I'm kind of in my mind. I have this like path of questions set up. And I'll be like, okay, I know what the question is. I know what the follow-up question. I know what the next follow-up is going to be. And then Ethan jumps in and it's like, (laughs) okay, that was a good question, but I wasn't going in that direction. All right. Right. um, Damn. I hope you got some more to ask because I'm done now. Like I'm I'm punching out. You just put a detour on the road, baby. You better, you better have a plan. (laughs) I I think that's one thing that we sort of is, is good with us is that we don't interview like if we have a guest, right? We don't have the interview style. It's just like come join us for our conversation. Mm-hmm. We kind of do that too, but there are times when you get a guest, and you know, you you the questions. One of the things that makes it interesting, what you guys do it the same way, which is what I like about what you guys do when you have a guest on, is to don't do Q and A, right? No. Use the questions as prompts toward a discussion direction. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. the right way to do it. I think what a lot of people get nervous about is like they'll get you know, Jimmy DeResta on and they'll have a list of questions. Like I have to ask these questions. Mm-hmm. I want to have these questions. Okay. Question one, Jimmy, question two, Jimmy, question three, Jimmy. But what, what you really want to do is say, okay, I want to take the conversation in this direction. So maybe you skip down your list to question 19 and you ask that question. Cause it fits the moment and it prompts the, it prompts the discussion in a different way. You yeah. know, it's all about fitting the moment. Mm-hmm. Unless the mo- unless you need to like you always have to be thinking, do I need to go down that further, mm-hmm. or do I need to go in a different direction completely? Yep. And if you listen to really good interview people, and really good people who are good at interviewing, which I think is a big thing, 
too. I think you got to have, if you're going to do an interview podcast, you got to be good at it and they got to be good at doing it, being right. interviewed. <laughs> like I was listening to the Route, uh, Route 66, Route 99 signs. Sorry. I, I know that the guy makes really cool signs, but I was just listening to the latest Route 9 episode. signs, Chris. Route, Route 9. 9 designs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, Route 9. I was trying to put him like, All his, his, Insta- I don't his know Instagram why. is so trippy. He's, un- yeah. it's unbelievable. <laughs> But I think, and he reminded me a lot of Wesley Treat as well, which is really funny because you guys talked about him a lot. It was a lot of like, conversations about, like, he had stories to tell. Mm-hmm. And you guys talked about, like, kind of a story. And I think that's a really great, like, engaging way of talking about it. And he went, like, on all these different tangents yep. Yep. that came back into one little, like, through line. Mm-hmm. But, and I think it's hard when you're doing an interview, you got to have a story to tell. Bring your playbook. And be prepared to throw it away because we afterwards we even talked about there were things that we were going to talk about that we didn't even we didn't even touch yeah, we didn't yeah, even touch yeah, for sure. and I, throw the I playbook away. You also need to make sure you even though you like with us we're not asking questions but you need to make sure you keep that guest involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I've recently found Shop Sounds, which is like Bourbon Moth and and all mm-hmm. that, and they had Mark Spagnola on, and like he literally spoke maybe four times throughout the whole episode. Yeah, that's not good. And and I just was it a whisper? (laughs) It probably was. He's a very calm gentleman. But like I got (laughs) to to the end of the episode, and I'm like, he didn't even talk. Like, yeah, he probably talked a lot like this, very whispery. (laughs) He was whispering the whole time. He would whisper. (laughs) Like, what do you want? You probably just couldn't hear him. You got to turn it up. Re-listen to it. Turn it up. It's very. He's talking the whole time. It's very tempting to get excited about having a guest and then forget you have the guest. Yes. Like it, yes. You, it does happen. I'm not going to lie. There have been times where we've had a guest on and our format, by the way, another thing, don't be constrained by your time limit. When you have guests, if your time limit is one hour and you have guests and you shut that conversation off hard at one hour, you're going to, you're going to feel like the episode was incomplete. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't get through everything you want to, I think one of the things that we've gotten really comfortable with is that sometimes we're going to do a two hour episode. Like it's just going to be a two-hour episode, and that's life. Um, Speaking of, we'll be talking for an hour. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's it. I I was really uncomfortable. I was like, I don't really want these to be this long. But you get to a point where it's like, you know what? The conversation just has to be this long. We've done yeah. hour tens with guests and things of the week. And then we've done two hour and 20 with guests and things a week. And you know what? That's just, the episode's going to be as long as it needs to be. Yeah. For Don't sure. worry about the time. If it's good, people will listen. If it's not good. Well, okay. Maybe you should have done a better job, but don't, <laughs> don't cut it short because of a hard time limit. And, and to be honest, if you're getting to that two hour recording time, you've probably lost track of time. And if that's the case, the conversation has been that good that it should mm-hmm. hopefully keep people involved. If you right. lost track of time, your listeners will lose exactly. track of time. Yeah. You know, if you're well, laughing, if if you if you end a conversation and you literally your face hurts, like when we had Brooke and Michael on, <laughs> I my face was sore because we laughed so much. It was Brooke and Michael, and then there was another one that was right around when we had Brooke and Michael on. Where, where, where we oh, it was when we had um, um, Jay Z and Dan on. It's like oh, those two episodes, like- we just laughed so much and it was so much fun. And I left with such a huge smile on my face. And I'm like, I don't even know how long those episodes were. I don't even look at it until I'm starting to edit. Like, it's mm. like, oh, I'm going to trim this. You know, I trim the end a little bit. I trim the beginning a little bit. And 
tag the bumpers on and call it a show. I don't even listen to it anymore. I'm like, you know what? If there's a, a fleeting F bomb in it or whatever, fine. You know, well, it's it's not the end of the world. I'm not dealing. So we'll end on this is the last little bit. Cause mm-hmm. I know this is something that you feel very strongly about. I do. Is I know the, what you're going to say. And I do. <laughs> right. So I looked into it a lot because mm-hmm. you're very anti explicit. I am. If we ever got the explicit tab, I'd shut down the podcast. That's how strong I feel about it. I would shut right. it down because it's useless at that point. You're done. So I looked into it a lot, mm-hmm. and I found if you tag yourself explicit, Apple's okay with it. Good point. If you don't tag it and somebody complains, mm. Apple shuts you down. Your podcast is finished. It is never going to show up anywhere. If you get like if you you're basically gone, you're done. Yeah, you, like you, I don't think it'll person. download onto iPhones anymore. <laughs> That's how much I think Apple is like you lied to us, and we hate you because of it. <laughs> but, I think you'd have to be on like Infowars at that point because it's the only right. network you could get on. <laughs> exactly. But so that's where I think one thing I will say is if you swear in your podcast, tag it. Tag it yeah. yourself. De- definitely tag it. By the way, whether you what, see, I don't like. I don't think it helps. I don't think. I don't think that having it is a good thing. I think it's actually very detrimental. But Grant is probably right. It probably is much worse for you to get caught. Don't mm. try to slip one past. You will get caught. They will catch right. you. They catch Especially everyone. If, if you say the c word or yeah. the f word, like I did earlier in the episode. That being said, yeah, I've got some editing catch, to do this episode. Thanks. They don't catch the fleeting. They don't catch like they'll catch the f bomb. I think they audio. I think they have some kind of scrobbler that grabs the audio. Oh, for sure, they would. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure they're doing it through AI, so they'll catch an f bomb. But a fleeting s word, I don't think they're they're. I don't think they're doing it. I, we've had a couple, you know, it, even, even on our show, even like my local radio and stuff in the car. Like they they say shit well, and stuff all the time now. In fairness, not in the United States. Like you would get an, a massive FCC fine for that. Really? Like you cannot. Yeah. No, you can't say. You can't drop an s bomb on the radio. I feel. I feel like everything about F and C is becoming a lot more. Yeah. Well, Which you're in Australia. Because, Come on. Yeah, you true. guys say like the C word as if it's your best friend. Yeah, exactly. I, I worked with English people for 20 years, and the C word just flies out of my mouth yeah. without me even yeah. thinking about it because everyone there used it. Yeah. And I have to really rein it in sometimes. Like that C word, that is a woof. That's an easy one to get out. <laughs> yeah. it's, not, well, it's such a word here that even females say it. <laughs> All right. On that note, I'd like to thank our <laughs> Patreon supporters because they're not that. They're very <laughs> they, they are amazing. <laughs> uh, so they're awesome. I want to say thank you to everyone. I want to say, you know, without you guys contributing to this, we, we wouldn't be able to afford it anymore. It does cost us money every week. It's something that. You know, I know uh, Vincent's recently started the Buy Me a Coffee on his podcast, and it's the same thing. It's a, it's a it's a way to give back because I, I, it's not free. We're putting this out there, uh, unlike YouTube. Like YouTube's pr- practically free. A podcast actually costs money mm-hmm. if you yeah. want to do it right. Um, so I want to say thank you so much to that. Plus Everyone who joins, sorry, plus the website. Yeah, we have the we we put up a website that costs money, right? All this stuff you know i, I want to say thank you so much for that uh 
every Patreon comes that signs up on patreon.com slash clamp uh, gets a pre-show and an after show. Uh, and they also get a uh, keychain from the the wonderful Morley Kurt who couldn't be with us tonight. Um, and if you can't, you know, go on Patreon and support us there, I completely understand. What well, we'd appreciate if you could share the show or if you want to write a review or if you just want to, you know, send us a, a thumbs up. I, I, you know, I, every time someone mentions the show and, uh, and we, and I see that on Instagram and they say how much they've enjoyed whatever, or we have a discussion later about the show. It just makes me feel like, like I've had an impact and I feel mm. like that's, yeah. that's what I want from the show is I want to have an impact. So, you know, Validation I appreciate matters. those. Validation yeah. Even, matters. Yeah. Even if you don't. Um, want to share the show if you're listening to the show just like tag us in on instagram in a story that you're listening to totally it. one like, one of the things that huge. we do by the way one of the things that we do um if we mention and you have an instagram you're getting tagged in our in our stories um on mm. the on the drop post the, which has become the most popular post like that story mm. gets the most views it gets the most interaction it gets sent the most time because i mean every time we put jimmy because I've gotten out of the habit of just, Oh, we fleetingly mentioned someone and we just put it in there. <laughs> like they get a mention and it, it's, a you literally tie Jimmy every week. Yeah. Well, because Jimmy has now started thankfully. And I appreciate it. Believe me, I appreciate it. But he, every time I tag him, he just shares the, he just shares the story. He doesn't, he, I know he hasn't listened to the episode yet because I'll post. I'm like, there's no way Jimmy stopped what he was doing to listen to yeah, two hours of us talking sure. to somebody. Um, but he shares it because he's tagged in it and he knows that that tag is worth something, but that's a good tip for podcasters. If you mention somebody tag them, make totally. a story post and tag them, make an Instagram post and tag them, bring it to their attention because you may end up opening your show up to people that don't even know you exist. Yeah. That's, that's definitely something we need deal. to start doing. Yeah. It makes it. We, we tag, we tag like our clamp mandations, but we never tag our mentions. Tag your mentions. Like I sit there when I, when we do the show now, I sit there with a notepad and I just scribble down all the people that I want to put in the story. When I drop the story on Wednesday well, morning, we make, we make a list and we put it in our show notes, but we never mm-hmm. actually tag on Instagram. Yeah. Do we it. We should totally do it. And yeah. that's a good point about the clamp mandations. So why don't we go into that? Clamp mandations. All right. My clamp mandation this week is a guy on YouTube called decades crafts. Um, we're definitely going to have to link him in the show notes because he's, well, if you search decade crafts, hopefully it'll come up, but his YouTube name is like all these Asian letters and then decades crafts. Um, he doesn't talk in his videos or anything. It's literally just shop sounds of him making stuff. And like this dude is so inventive. Like everything he makes is just, it's, I don't know. It's just so good. He's, he's really good at making up like designs of different things and, hmm. Yeah. Cool. Right. And what was, is there a recent video that you watched that you really thought was cool? Um, well, the one that got me is he made sort of like a safe. Um, so he like made a box with like a, everything he makes is out of wood. All components are made out of wood. So like hmm. the lock on the front of it is like made out of wood. You turn it and then it pushes another piece of wood up through like a hole in the top. Um, every time he makes like cabinets with doors, he does this thing where like he has like a bit come off on the top and bottom with a hole drilled in it. And then yeah. there's like a tenon on the top and bottom of the door that he like rounds over a little bit. And then that becomes his hinge. Like, 
Oh, that's so. I yeah. love when I see that. Wow. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't really use any hardware. It's all like screws and stuff. But like, he doesn't use hinges. He makes his own. It's crazy. That's uh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I'll have to go check that out. Can't wait to for you to put the link. You haven't done that yet. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. Um, my uh, my clamp mandation this week is uh, Hand Tool Rescue. I think I've clamp mandated him before, but he recently put out this rare antique fractal vice, which, like in reality, my my clamp mandation is for the vice because <laughs> it's so effing cool that it holds pr- practically any shape. He shows uh, it with a scaling banana and with his. Uh, is like his little like adjustable wrenches. I just I think he he does a great job at his videos. Um, so you should definitely check him out if you haven't checked him out. He doesn't need my help. He you know everyone here I'm sure that listens to this has watched him before. But I really think that it's a really cool vice that he did. So go check that video out if you haven't done it. Um, he also remakes a bunch of the parts, which I think like it makes me want to have a machine shop. You know, him and, and Austin from High Caliber Craftsman just make me want to have a machine shop. <laughs> I don't I don't know anything about feeds or speeds, so I'd just ruin everything. But uh yeah. Go Metal check it out. It's magic. <laughs> totally. Metal is magic. <laughs> to me it's magic. Yeah, those anyway. people are crazy. Yeah, those metal workers, man, you you can't trust them. They're nuts. Um <laughs> My clamp mendation is, I kind of alluded to it earlier because it was part of the discussion, but my clamp, my clamp mendation is Anchor, um, which I know is kind of a weird one because if you're not starting a podcast, it's utterly meaningless to you. But one of the things that I love about Anchor and by extension, Podbean and Buzzsprout is that they make starting a podcast pretty much frictionless. You know, you don't have to go through all the technical nonsense of setting one up. In fact, with Anchor, um, and I know that Buzzsprout and Podbean do this also, but when you create your podcast, you get a podcast page on Anchor. Like it's part mm-hmm. of the package. So you don't even need a website. You can set one up if you want to, obviously, but you don't need to have a separate one. But they just make it so freaking easy to just have an idea and get started. And, you know, their app for the phone is actually really good. And I know we said make it sound good, but if you have um, a halfway decent microphone, and headphones and you record into your phone with their app it is actually pretty good quality so you can eke some decent sound out of it and they give you all the facilities they'll they'll also one of the things i like about anchor is they also let you monetize and they have you basically when you upload your podcast you split it in half you upload it in two chunks and put an ad break in between and they dynamically insert ads as the episodes are downloaded um, it's a really cool feature and there's no like listening requirements and stuff. So if you want to start monetizing right away, as long as you hit some kind of stride early on, they will sponsor you for your first year at 1750 CPM, which is quite substantial for a podcast with no audience. So that's yeah. 1750 per thousand downloads. So, I mean, we made, we made like $300, down with on anchor downloads in one year it's worth off it. anchor off anchor yeah off the it, free website of hosting yeah yeah so that's it's cool. free you don't pay for anything and then they pay you to run ads on your <laughs> podcast okay you know it, it's but it's even if it's not anchor i love anchor i'm very much a big fan of theirs 
but there are other services that do it. Consider using a service. Don't try to roll your own. I know everybody wants to, you don't want to be the web guy, the tech guy, the RSS feed. You just want to make podcasts. You want to be creative. Friction. It's DIY. You don't want to do a DIY podcast. <laughs> no DIY like podcast. A, you don't, it just reminds me of last week's episode. <laughs> There are people who are better at it than you are. I promise you. Let them do the work. You make the content. <laughs> when it's the- free, it's hard. It's true. Right? When If someone were to give me free haircuts, I wouldn't shave my head anymore. <laughs> but I shave my head because that's a DIY free haircut. Anyways. <laughs> it's the floby of the modern era. <laughs> right. Uh, we So usually we would have uh, Morley read a review because if you if you put a review up on iTunes and you tell us a voice you want it read in, Morley will read it in that voice, um, or he'll try and replicate your voice if he knows who it is. Um, <laughs> but we, when we don't have that, and obviously when we don't have Morley here, we do Adam's Australian Word of the Week. So yeah. Adam, what's your what's your Word of the Week? Well, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm trying to go on a theme here, which I'm going to run out eventually and do things that sound like they are maker related. Oh, so I didn't realize the, at all. Yeah, I didn't catch that's it. That's why, either. like, that's why, like, last week was root, and the week before that was, uh, I don't know, something else. Anyway, this week's word is grommet. 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 Wow, I would. What, what are you? What are you thinking, Vincent? I have no idea. I have. I'm trying to think of things that look like a grommet, and it's like, oh, is it a donut? <laughs> like, it's all. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm thinking it's like you got in a fight with someone and you really gave them a good grommet. Hmm. That's, a, that's interesting. That's actually not bad. Hmm. Well, now, what how long it? are we? So yeah. a, grommet, a grommet is a young surfer. What? Yeah. <laughs> what do grommets have to do with surfing? I have no idea. Then again, what do roots have to do with a 24-pack? So, <laughs> What? <laughs> roots not a 24-pack. Oh, yeah. What was the 24-pack? A board? A slab. A slab, slab. right. A slab. Yeah, yeah. see, so, so slabs make related. Yeah, that was it. Okay, yeah, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Well, on that note, I want to say thank you to <laughs> TF Turning for the use of the theme song. You can hear that. Uh, no one's going to sing it after in the after show, but if you... Maybe maybe we'll make Adam sing it this time. Maybe I'll bob my head. All <laughs> right. Um, Vincent, can you tell everyone where uh, we can find you? Sure. Um if you go to becausewemake.com, you can find the podcast. Or if you want to find my stuff and what I'm up to, you can just go to handmadebyvincentferrari.com or vincentmferrari.com. And all my links, all my socials are there. And you can see the stuff I'm making. Maybe you find something you like and maybe you buy something. But either way, that's where everything for me is. I'm going to cut that part out. And if you want to find out where to find Vincent, you have to listen to the entire episode seven. that's awesome (laughs) and every episode since why not get them for the whole year (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that's great well you can find us (laughs) (laughs) on twitter facebook and instagram and all those fun places by searching clamp or Clampcast or Clamp Adam Grant Morley on YouTube because YouTube's search algorithm still doesn't recognize us. We're, we recently hit 50 people over there on the YouTubes. We'd really appreciate if you go there and subscribe, even if you don't listen to them on YouTube. Really appreciate it. So we can get to, if we get to 100, we can claim our 
custom URL, which won't be clamp because it's already taken, but we might be able to do something. So uh, I really appreciate that. And until next time. See you. Bye. Bye guys. Oh, and thanks Vincent for coming on the show. Can't even have a dog in the vehicle in New York and New Jersey without them being in seatbelts. So, oh, really? Yeah, you have to have like a harness with the seatbelt attachment. Yep, they have to have yeah. a harness on them and then a seatbelt through it. It's so ridiculous. Well, I'm I'm surprised we don't have that rule here. Like our police is so strict. It's not. They're not strict here. I feel like they just do stuff like that so they have an excuse to like pull you over. Like yeah. I don't feel like they want to do that. It's just like that's the pretense to get you for the other stuff. So it's like, oh, 100%. oh you don't have your dog in a seatbelt. Oh look, now we're gonna st- now we can search your car. You know, <laughs> we're not even allowed to have undercar neons. We're not. You're not legally allowed to have them in New York either. Yeah, well, you're it, not. But a Lamborghini drives past me. That's a distraction. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> no, you can have headlights that are as bright as stadium lights, but you can't have like undercar neon oh, because can't. that's a We're problem. We're not allowed to have HIDs either. Really? Yeah. I have them in my Ranger, but you're not allowed oh. to have them. <laughs>